Good evening. Welcome one more time to the University of Spiritual Warfare, Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare, that is, where we teach you how to war, spiritual warfare, and endure till Jesus returns. The whole world is set up against you. Satan, along with everything, including the kitchen sink, is against God's people. But Jesus left us fully equipped. He left us with a full armor, and he told us that we are to put that armor on. And one of the things that we must understand as Christians, and if you're not a Christian, you need to become one, because if you don't, you won't make it. But as a Christian, we not only must put the full armor on, but we must begin to do warfare. If you're not warring against the adversary, rest assured, the adversary is warring against you. Tonight our topic is Enduring, Navigating in a World of Darkness. It is difficult for you to drive without headlights on a dark night, especially on a road with there no lights on it. We have to navigate darkness. The Bible tells us, Jesus calls us, he tells us that we are the light of this world. We have the wherewithal to navigate in this world of darkness. The Bible also tells us, that darkness will cover the earth, and gross darkness will cover the people. And we are to understand that this darkness that is going to cover the people and cover the earth is going to be a darkness that we must be able to navigate. We must understand carefully that this is something we must do. You can't escape it. You cannot escape it. You must do so. Because if you're not doing it, this is the world you live in. In other words, the world is, that we live in is like a sewer. And everybody is swimming around in the sewer. But God's children, the children of the kingdom, we're not swimming in the sewer. The sewer cannot touch us. We are kept in bubble, encased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And thereby, we must understand that Jesus is a shield about us and lifts her up off our head. So when you know who you are, you'll be able to endure just as Jesus said. Because he promised that only those who endure unto the end, only those will be saved. Many people will not endure, as you heard me say so very clearly. Many will become martyrs. They won't be able to go through. And so they will thereby be martyred. They'll lose their lives, hold on to their testimony of Jesus. But there must be a people who are alive and remaining when Jesus returns. We are that people. My assignment is to bring you into the dimension where you will navigate and endure until that time. Now, let's talk about a couple of things and the deception that we've always been taught. The Western world, as we saw last week and the week before, became satanic, blackened, and antichrist-hating hearts. The world is that way, and they became that way. At one point, the Western world was a great world. It was a Christian world. Over the time of Martin Luther with Germany, Germany was a great Christian nation at one time. The world acknowledged Jesus. And even in those times, Jesus was well-received. Churches were, were places, big cathedrals, ornate. And the Lord was worshipped. But since that time, the church or Jesus or the people have been put on the back burner. They have turned their backs upon the Jesus. And now today, where we are, and we're looking into the future, we're seeing where the nation of Israel wants to unite the world under her spiritual guidance. Everyone knows that they are going to build the third temple in Israel. They've picked out the red heifers. They've got the temple utensils ready. And at any given moment now, we don't know when, they would like to build the third temple. And Israel wants to unite the whole world under her spiritual guidance. So when they build this third temple, they will believe. Of course, the temple is going to be located in Jerusalem. 
the center of this Jewish ordered universe, uh -huh. and all the nations will bring their tribute to that temple. That's what they think. They believe the nations will worship God by serving Israel. And in the, in, in the serving of Israel, they believe that the deification of the Jewish people will be attained. So that is their plan, to be deified. Well, let me tell you something, that God cannot be served by not receiving or worshiping Jesus Christ. Number one, let me say it again. God, God of all gods, cannot be served by not receiving or embracing and worshiping Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So that's first of all. God himself, Jesus Christ, does not live in a man-made temple anymore. Now he lives in the temple of the human heart. So if you're going to build a temple, or if they're going to build a temple, a third temple in Jerusalem, that's not for Jesus Christ. That is not for God. That is going to be as the Bible reveals to us for the Antichrist to sit in and proclaim himself to be God. Where does Jesus live? It lives in the human heart. Where does God live? In the human heart. Not in a temple made by human hands. So it stands the reason that Judaism wants to make the Jewish people the intermediary between God and man. And thereby replacing Jesus Christ. You cannot replace Jesus. Do you hear what I'm telling you? And this is what our Bible teaches us, and this is what we must be aware of, because we are seeing push come to shove. We are seeing everything pushing down into one area, one arena. We're seeing everything rushing down, and it's being squeezed, squeezed, squeezed into that arena where Satan is going to have his moment. And when this happens, they try to replace Jesus. It will be called Jewish supremacy. Well, guess what? When we look around and we see what's going on today, there's no mention of Jesus Christ, especially among people, religious, name religious, leaders, many of them. And when it comes to the world, the name Jesus Christ is being trampled upon and washed out. There's hardly any mention of the name Jesus. We must understand that this is a lie. And this is a lie set up to deceive the masses of the people. And if you don't know your Bible, this is where your deception will come in and you'll be deceived and led astray. So we are to understand that this is the next big thing that's being pushed towards. Get Jesus out the picture <clears throat> and get false religion in there. Let people know that you're going to build a temple. You're going to build it in Jerusalem. And this is what is called a preparation for the return of the Antichrist. Ah, the son of perdition, the man of sin. This is what they're looking forward to, but you won't be deceived. All right? I know that. So let's get to our next point, God's timeline, as we navigate what's going on there. Well, God's timeline is not something that we can look at and we say, well, today, a certain date day, date, and year. God's timeline, as he has given us, is a season. And, a cook. And, and, and we are seeing that the timeline of God, the season of God, everything is going according to plan. And we know when we look and we see what's going on in the world today, everything is going to plan. You see, Jesus has the master plan. Man has their plan, but Jesus has the master plan. Now let's go to Revelation 3 and look at verse 7. And we'll follow the plan. And the plan is more involved, more detailed. But let's look, look at part of the plan. Because you as a Christian, you don't know and understand that this is the plan of God for you. Now, I want you to note, write it down. Synagogue of Satan. Please write down these scriptures. 
Tomorrow you can go to YouTube, pull it down, University of Spiritual Warfare, Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare. You can pull down today's video, and you can listen again. So let's go to Revelation 3, 7. And it says, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy, who is true, who holds the key of David. Now, why would Jesus hold a man's key? Key of David. David is a man. Why would Jesus say, I hold the key of David? Jesus' key is supposed to be superior to David's key. So why would Jesus say, my key is the same key that David had? And he goes on and he says, what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. So, basically what Jesus was saying, what I gave David is what I got now. David is dead and gone. This is Jesus talking. What I gave David, I have now. The key of David. What does that mean? It means authority, binding, and loosing. What he opens, no man can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. Now, Jesus has the ability of shutting. He can shut down the, de the devil and the devil's voice and the works of the devil. For the Bible says he came and he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And what he shuts, no one can open. And what he opens, no man can shut. So what does Jesus do? With the key, he opens. And with that same key, he shuts. And he has transferred that key to us. He took it from David. He says, I got it. But he gave it to us. Well, actually, he gave it to Peter. He says, Peter, what you bind on earth? Huh? I'll bind it in heaven. What you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. Well, it just so happens that Peter is dead and gone. Jesus is not a God over dead people. He's over the living people. So Jesus is telling us, look, my children, you can come get the key. Same way I gave the key to David. I gave it to Peter. I got the key. Come to me and get it. That's what Bible Code 7 is all about. That you will operate down here in the person or in the presence of Jesus Christ. We operate, when I say in the person of Jesus Christ, we operate in his name. We operate under power of attorney. That's why we pray and we say, in Jesus' name. That's why we say that. So we operate in the who? The person of Jesus. Don't ever forget that. We operate in the name of Jesus. A name is a person. Jesus is a person, and we operate in his name. So he says, what we opened, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. And we can do so in his name. Then he goes on, he says, I know your deeds. I know what you're doing. See, I have placed before you an open door, that no one can shut it. Jesus has placed an open door before us. So don't tell me that we cannot endure, as Jesus said, until the very end. I don't care how much the world becomes chaotic and how the world becomes dark or becomes wicked. I don't care who's the president, the prime minister, the billionaire. I don't care what's going on in the world. Jesus Christ said to me, Norman, if you don't want to take it for yourself, don't take it. You say you're a Christian, I cannot force you to do anything. But this is the word of Jesus Christ. Revelation 3, verse 8. I have placed before Norman an open door that no one can shut. That door is open to me, and I'm going to walk through open doors until Jesus returns. I'm going to stay alive and remain in him until he returns. That's what he's telling me right there. And this is my message to you. That's what I'm teaching you right now. So if you don't believe that that door is open for you and no man can shut your door, then nothing I can do. I can only lead you to water, but I can't make you drink it.
This is what Jesus told me. So no man can shut a door before Norman. No doors can be shut before me. If, the, if, it, if it's a wicked door, I shouldn't go in. And I, I just don't know where to go. And I, so Jesus wouldn't want me to make a mistake. Don't worry. He'll shut that door before me. <laughs> but as long as I pray and I see Jesus and he says, which way do I go? He said, that door is open before me. So what can I do? I can endure to the very end till Jesus come and I can be alive and remaining in him. Why? Because the door is open before me for me to do all that. Nothing shall by any means harm me. Nothing shall stop me. Because he opened the door. And that door is open before me. Nobody can shut the door. Biden can't shut the door. Putin can't shut that door. Z can't shut that door. Satan cannot shut that door. You name the person. Nobody can shut that door before me. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Why? Jesus said, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I have placed before you, Norman, an open door that no one can shut. Now, when I see the scripture here, I go right back to what the Lord told Joshua. What did he tell Joshua? Joshua chapter 1. And I think it's the fifth verse. He said, Joshua, there shall never be a man that will be able to stand before you all the days of your life meaning to oppose you. In the same manner as I was with Moses, in the same manner I'll be with you. I will not fail you, neither will I forsake you. All right? I will not fail you, neither will I forsake you. Now, he goes on and he says, I have a door that no one can shut. He says, I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word. Stop right there. Jesus said, put your name right there. I know that you, Bobby, whatever your name is, Bill, Joey, Mary, whatever your name is, I know you have a little strength, yet you have kept my word. Pause right there. You have kept my what? Word. You didn't keep this and that and all that kind of stuff. You have kept my word. You have kept my word. You have kept my word. You have not denied my name. You have not denied my name. You held on to my name and you have kept my word. The keeping of the word, it's just like God told Joshua, <clears throat> meditate in this word day and night. Make sure that this word is on your lips all the time. And not only that, but recite it all the time. Then you shall make your way prosperous. Then you shall have good success. Keep my word. You see that? Keeping of the word. So where is the power of God? Where is everything with the opening and the shutting of the door? In the word of the living God. You have not denied my name, and you have kept my word. And he says, I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars. I will make them come, and I will make them fall down at your feet, and acknowledge that I have loved you. Did you hear that? I will make them. Look at the word make. I will make them. I will compel them. I will break them. I will shatter them. I will destroy their power. I will bend them and beat them with a rod of iron. I will destroy every ounce of strength they have. They must succumb to me, and I'll make them to come fall down at your feet and acknowledge I have you. It's the word of Jesus. It's an idle threat or an idle promise? I don't think so. I believe every word of it a thousand percent with all my heart. And I hold him to his word. He says, since you have kept my command, my word, to endure patiently. Here's that word endure. 
patiently waiting. Endurance ain't easy. It means you must be patient. And my grandmother used to use a word, and she talked about long-suffering. Suffer long. We don't like those words nowadays because we want everything instant. We live in a microwave society. And we want everything and we want it now. Jesus said, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. So how are we going to be kept from the hour of trial? Hmm? Keep the command of Jesus. Endure patiently. Keep his word. Keep his word. Keep his words. Yet you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. All the power of Jesus Christ is where? In his word. He watches over his word diligently to bring it into performance. And Jesus says, keep my word. You have kept my command. You have endured patiently through keeping the word. That's what Bible Code 7 is all about. Keeping the word, using the word. That's what Jesus gave us, a full armor. And what did he do? He gave you an offensive weapon. He said the sword of the Spirit must be in your mouth. The sword is the only offensive weapon out of the full armor that Jesus has given us. What do you do with a sword? You don't peel bananas and oranges with a sword. You make war with a sword. So Jesus is telling us, Spiritual warfare. How? With the word of God. Bible Code 7 is telling us spiritual warfare. Weaponizing, utilizing the word of the living God. And I give you the proof and I give you the understanding. So this way when you do, when you read, when you study what warfare is all about, you'll say, well, hey, we used to do it. This is something completely different. Yes, this is word-based. Word of God. And it comes with a full guarantee. The Bible says the word of God is the guarantee of God. Heaven and earth shall pass, and his word shall not pass. Understand, again, Jesus said, I'll keep you from the hour of temptation, the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. When that test comes and all hell breaks loose, guess what? We'll be here as cool as a cucumber. Everybody will be running around like a chicken with a head. Not me and you. Uh-uh. Not us. We're going to be here. And we are going to be enjoying ourselves. We're going to be excited, standing firm in Jesus. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Verse 11, Revelation 3. I am coming soon. I'm coming quickly. King James says, I'm coming quickly. Most people are saying Jesus is coming again. That's not Bible. Jesus says, I'm coming soon, and we translate it, or I'm coming quickly, and we say, he's coming soon. This version says, I'm coming soon. King James says, I'm coming quickly. And he says, hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Don't let anybody take your crown. What does that mean? Hold on to your faith in Jesus. So no one will take your crown. Do you know that we have a crown? Paul the Apostle told us about the crown when he was about to die. He said, I fought a good fight. I've what? Fought a good fight, kept the faith, finished the course, and kept the faith. Henceforth is laid up for me what? A crown of righteousness which the Lord shall give me. Why? He kept the faith, finished his course. So everyone who does the same as Paul does, they'll not only be rewarded for what you've done for the Lord, but a crown of righteousness will be given to you. So here was Jesus telling us, hold on, precious people of God, hold on to what you have so that nobody will take your crown. Don't let nothing, don't let no deceivers, don't let nobody put you into looking and, and believing in a temple, building a temple and going back to the old ways of killing cows and sheep and shedding up blood. Don't let nobody fool you and deceive you and bring you that kind of stuff.
Don't let nobody bring you back. Jesus don't live in a temple. He lives in the temple of the human heart. Jesus is not about building him a third temple. Please don't run with that crowd. I beg of you. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Let no one deceive you. Let nobody rob you of what Jesus has bestowed upon you. Be determined to hold on to what the Bible tells you. Because throughout history, we have been a deceived people, you know. And had it not been for me reading and studying, and I'm finding out more and more and more and more and more deception, certain things I believed. I believed in <laughs> that, you know, the good guys, we're the good guys, and certain guys are the bad guys. Well, until you begin to really, really read and study. Thank God for the Internet. <laughs> That's why they're going to probably want to shut down the Internet, because, you see, or scrub the Internet, censor the Internet, because, you see, they don't want the people to have truth. Now, what is happening, and we're going to get into this now, we're going to shift gears, there has been a great worldwide awakening. That worldwide awakening has been going on since COVID. You see, you can fool some people sometimes, but you can't fool all people all the time. And there has been a worldwide, a great worldwide awakening going on since COVID came. You remember COVID came and people were locked down, people lost their jobs, many people were in the city, they ran out of the cities, they ran into the countryside. Well, people changed. An awakening occurred. Time for soul searching. People were afraid. People looked at death. People probably saw their loved ones die. And people looked and said, is, all this, is, all, is this all there is to life? And I'm telling you what I used to say when I was a young man. Is this all there is to life? Is this what life is all about? And they had a time to come off of the wheel. You know, the little Ferris wheel that the rabbit, <laughs> the little, little uh, hamster is spitting on, the squirrel cage. They had a time to come off the wheel because the wheel stopped. And people began to think. COVID, the lockdown, no work, made people begin to think. There was an awakening, a worldwide awakening, a higher consciousness. People began to think. The Lord began to speak. I read many articles that people were beginning to get closer to the Lord. People begin to have an awakening. People begin to have an epiphany. People began to see the light. And then what happened now is that people began to dig deep into the internet. There are two things that made people begin to dig deep. Number one was the COVID awakening. And number two was the Russia-Ukraine conflict. People are gone deep to the Internet to dig. People are going deep to the Internet to find out. That's the reason why they want to censor the Internet. That's why they want to take certain things off the Internet. They call it misinformation and disinformation. They don't want people to know the truth. But you see, people have ways and means of searching. And people are not just interested in going to Google and DuckDuckGo because you see that as a chief search engine. People are going to other search engines. People are going to alternative media. People are reading media in different countries. And they're going to Google Translate. And they're translating things that are written in another language. And when they translate it, they're saying, wait a minute. This is not what I hear over here on CNN. I'm hearing something different. And when they go and they hear what's going on in different peoples, they're balancing out their views. And what are they finding? They're finding that civilization is collapsing. Our civilization is sinking. It is collapsing. And what has occurred since then? There is what is called a great resignation. People are leaving their jobs. People are saying, I might make good money, but I find no joy in this. The money is not everything. Take this job and you know what. I was reading and uh, doing some research and I was reading of people in India. They go into the big cities and they work, 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 work. Well, come COVID, they went back to their little villages, back to their little towns. Now that COVID is over, you think they went back to the cities? No, they didn't. 
They stay in towns, and they're planting their little crops. They're finding out that I can do just as good in the town. I can live, have a better way of life than if I was in a big city working. Yes, I might go in a big city, I might work, and I make a lot of money, a lot more money, but by the time I spend and spend and rent and food and this and that, I can't keep anything. I have nothing to show for it. I was spinning my wheels. But here in my little village, I have peace. I have a life. I'm not killing myself. I'm not being destroyed. I'm not being devoured. Things are coming up a little bit different. Understand that all these things that used to happen to me are not happening anymore. So they're finding out, and especially people, they, they have children. They, they, they want to be able to pick up their children, drop off their children. They want to spend more time with their children. Because you see, time is short. And people are saying, life is of such, I don't care about the money. I want to be able to go pick up my children, drop off my children. As long as I have a meal, little thing, in my little countryside villa, in my little countryside thing, I might not be living in the big city with the internet, but I'm happy. I'm joyful. I'm having a quality of life. So people have gone into the great resignation. Take this job and you know what to do with it. Money is not everything. People are moving away from the cities. I wonder who's doing is that. That's the Lord. That's what he says in the word. It's in the book. He's going to move people out of the cities. He's going to move them to the countryside, to the rural areas. So people are going to be farming. People are going to be doing things in the rural areas. They're going to have a better life. Because when God brings judgment, he's going to bring it on the city. You remember Nineveh? Uh-huh. It was a city, a mighty city. So people today, the great awakening is that people are seeking a quality of life. They're looking for family. They're looking to be with their family. And all the deceptions that they bought into before, all the deceptions that were rooted in having an education, minus the Bible, without the Bible, people are getting away from that. They're opening their eyes. People went to school, universities, but the universities and the schools, they educated them, minus the Bible. They, taught, they were taught the humanities. They were taught all manner of evil philosophies and humanities. We learned across the time, and I began to read very voraciously, and I found out over the years, and even still right now, the meaningless figures and data are churned out to deceive the masses of people into believing that producing services is somehow superior to having mineral resources and a strong manufacturing base. We're looking at what is called the supply chain problem. We're looking in America especially. We were taught to believe exactly what they told us. They're going to churn out or produce services, and they're going to neglect mineral resources and strong manufacturing. I remember when they told us that. So what were they going to do? Offshore all the jobs. They call it menial jobs. Menial jobs. Manufacturing jobs. We're going to do the manufacturing in Mexico. We're going to do the manufacturing in China. Now China's got everything manufactured over there, and you can't get it out of China. Supply chain problems. So over here, we got hell to pay. The masses of people were told about how the superior European race brought the light of civilization to the rest of the world. And never mind the documented fact that the Europeans extinguished the light of civilization wherever they went through many rapacious wars, conquerings, claiming to be civilizers. So what we learned in history and what we're seeing going on right now that was a lie I was teaching recently. Three wars now, World War I, World War II, and now World War III. Where is it going to start? Europe. Mm -hmm. So the great European and the great European civilization, they came and they promoted themselves as the great civilizers. But guess what? They were also the great warriors, the raping, conquering, marauding. And when you read the history of Europe, European history, one war after the other war, they were a killer, killer, kill, 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 kill. 
And you know when that was brought to light? World War I, 1916-1917, Germany. World War II, Germany again. And now World War Three, uh-huh, Ukraine, Russia, poking Russia, doing all of what they're doing, causing Russia to re- respond. That's what they did. And now we're going to have World War Three. Where did it start? Over in Europe. What civilization did Europe bring to the Americas? What superior knowledge apart from that of guns and bullets and war? What did the British Islanders give to their colonies? Nothing. They raped the colonies. They deceived the colonies. They addicted the colonies. I taught you that before. The opium wars. They deceived their colonies through opium. They, they, they were the first drug dealers. Not only that, but they deceived their colonies and they addicted them not only to opium, they addicted them to nicotine, tobacco, <coughs> an addictive substance they used to make money. Britain was a drug dealer. National drug dealing nation, the island of Britain. And then now uh, the next thing what everybody loves, sugar. No nutritional value in sugar. Sugar. Very addictive, habit-forming. No nutritional value. Where did they go? They planted cane in the colony, in the, in, the, in the islands. In the islands, they had cane, and they tasted it was sweet. They say, hey, wait a minute, we can make sugar. Sugar is addictive. That's why you're addicted to your colas, your sweets, your sodas. Sugar addiction. You can't drink your tea without sugar. You love sweet colas, sweet drinks, sweet cornflakes. Sweet cereals, everything sweet. What? It's an addiction. Where did it come from? England. The island of England. All right? So that's what they gave their colonies. And the guns and the war. Oppression. That's what they came with. So when they hold themselves up as liberators and as so lofty, they're not. The system of education that teaches everything about personal freedom but remains silent on responsibilities along with the personal freedoms, basic values and respect for elders and institutions. You didn't learn that in school. You didn't learn that in universities. That's not what they taught. Hmm? They didn't teach a respect for the churches. So what do they produce? Self-seeking, selfish, self-affirming, narcissistic individuals who will regard any suggestion or notion of rights of others as personal assaults. <coughs> the British never cared about the Indians and the rights of the slave. No, they didn't. When colonists, the colonizers came and they colonized and they oppressed and they enslaved, they never cared about the rights or personal uh, feelings of anybody else. They treated human beings as personal chattel properties. When they whipped <coughs> and beat and enslaved and subjugated people, when they bred them like cattle, <coughs> when they raped the women and the children, the young people, and they dealt with them as animals, they saw nothing wrong with that. Saw nothing wrong with that. They were narcissistic individuals, self-affirming narcissists. It was all about them. They looked at another human being. This is the European society. And by the way, Germany, all those European countries colonized Africa. England, the island of England, colonized India and China. That's why the Chinese hate the British. They despise them. The British colonized the China. What did they do? They used opium. And a whole nation was uh, addicted to opium. And they lost millions of people to opium addiction. For years, the Chinese people couldn't rise up. Why? The British came and gave them opium, made drug addicts out of them. 
Oh, I never taught you that in school. But see, when COVID came along, we can go back in history and read all that. Thank you for the Internet. Thank you for the Internet. Get off of social media and begin to see all these things. Because you see, these are the things that make us know, and especially me, I realize that many people are enslaved. You're mentally enslaved. You've been conditioned. We've been colonized. And we believe our colonizers are great people. And we go, rah, 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 England. Rah, 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 America. Rah, 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 the European nation. No, 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 no. It's a deception. They have turned away from God. They have turned away from Jesus. They have turned away from the Bible. What are they doing? They're educating us now. A system of education that approves of lying and cheating as cleverness. That's what they call it. When you lie and you cheat, all you produce is the type of government and government workers and the heads of government who laughs when they are confronted with the lies that the U.S. government of the West told over all of the nations and what was going on. And when, it was, when they were confronted over Ukraine and NATO membership, <laughs> you know what they did? They lied and they laughed and said, this is the real world. Welcome to the real world. You're playing with the big boys, and the big boys lie. So they believe that you can conduct world diplomacy and everything of that nature through lying. And that's what they do. And this is the reason why we have all this problem in the world, because you see, that's satanic. And we need to understand that Jesus said we have to endure all this. We're living as light. Shining in a dark, dark world. This world is rotten to the core. Putrefying. That's why he calls us salt. Basically, we are told the West, Western civilization, exists in a real world where the telling of lies is the normal thing. That's what Western civilization is all about, telling lies. That's normal. We're living in Western civilization where we're told they created delusional reality because they are deluded fools. And when they create a society of that nature, the societies they create reflect the people that live in them. So these societies have become what? Fools. Delusional fools. They have discarded the knowledge of Jesus Christ. They have discarded the Bible, the word of the living God. They have gone off on the pathway to hell. Western societies, they produced in the past individualistic-minded people who in turn, if they find it difficult to cope with an international arena. When they went out into the world, they believed the world was open. You know what Teddy Roosevelt said? Walk softly and carry a big stick. In other words... Take a stick and beat people over the head. That was their mantra. That was their, that was their mission statement. Don't make deals. You're dealing in an international arena. Don't deal with people in a, in a, in a, in a, in a normal manner, in a natural manner, or in a, you know, charitable manner. Because you see, in this world, it's the give and take, making a good deal. I make the deal to such an extent that that person can live, and you can live too. No, but they want to take it all and give nothing. And that's the spirit of a colonizer. And this is what we find going on today. And the more time goes by, the great awakening is finding out that, hey, I've been colonized. Open your eyes and see what's going on. And because people have been Found out to be colonized, people are saying, no, I don't want to work in the cities anymore. I don't want COVID open your eyes. Resign your job. Mm -mm. I don't care how much you pay me. You don't treat me good. You don't treat me like a human being. You pay me. You work me like a dog. I'd rather go and live, plant my little garden, live, and have my, maintain my dignity. I want to go back and I want to worship the Lord. I want to live a life with peace. I want to have some self-respect. You know what I'm talking about? This is what's going on today, the awakening. When you look at Western civilization, 
what do they do? They proclaim their superiority over the rest of the world. They proclaim their first world advancement and superiority over the world. Well, let me tell you something. When you look at the first world nations of the world today, you can see the abominations that is in the first world nations, the incorrigible immorality, the wickedness, the anti-God, anti-Jesus. You can see everything in the first world nations. Who do you believe that God is going to come at first? Because you see, Sodom and Gomorrah, God destroyed it. And any nation like Sodom and Gomorrah, he is going to destroy again. Or else, he will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. So we must understand the Western societies are incapable, the way they are right now, of operating on a level playing field. They cannot compete unless the cards are stacked in your favor. They can't compete. And how do they get the cards stacked in their favor, military might? Are we seeing what's going on today? You read your newspaper? Military might. That's why we're heading to war. There's not a single leader in the West today with either the intellectual depth or the cultural sophistication to handle complex geopolitical issues. Not one. All it can come is with bluster and threats. We get together like a gang. We're going to gang up on the world. They can't negotiate. They have no conflict resolution abilities. They're deluded fools. And what did God say? God says the distress of nations is coming with perplexity. And what we see they're doing, they're playing games efforts and games and the efforts and the games are going to fail and when all those things fail you know what they're going to do it is said the old saying it take us to war and that's where we're headed take us to war they can't negotiate they don't want to negotiate these are the deceptions that's going on today jesus has told us norman all my children you've got to navigate all that You've got to separate the wheat from the chaff. And you know when they come, the media wants to come and, uh, they, I like this word, I, I believe it's an African word. They call it bamboozle. They want to bamboozle you. They want to deceive you. They want to pull the wool over your eyes. <laughs> they want you not to be able to see for looking. And this is what they want to do. And they're doing a great job with the masses. But I praise the Lord. The great awakening is occurring. Many people are waking up. Many people are saying, I'm resigning. I don't want all that garbage you have. Ten million jobs open in America. No, no takers. Jobs open all around the world. No takers. People are waking up. I'd rather live as a poor man in my little village. I got enough food. I can plant some crop. I can raise some chickens. Uh-huh. There's a change. When all their efforts and their games fail, they'll take us to war. I come to tell you tonight, Bible Code 7 gives you a safe place. There's safety in Bible Code 7 because they give you a strategy to attain a defined goal. A defined strategy for a defined goal. A safety we can navigate and remain till Jesus returns. Is a safe place in him. Luke, the 21 chapter. Luke 21, let's look at 25. Jesus said, There shall be signs in the sun, signs in the moon, signs in the stars, and upon the earth, the distress of nations with perplexity, with great anxiety. For the roaring of the sea and the waves. The sea and the waves are going to be roaring. Earthquakes. Huh? Tsunamis. All different things are going to happen. Jesus warned us and told us. When you begin to see all these things happen, Jesus is going to lead his people. We're coding. We're close to him through the word of God. He'll tell you a way to get out of low-lying areas and go into high ground. 
Banda Aceh a couple of years ago in Indonesia, there was a tsunami. Jesus told his people, they're Christians. He said, get up in the mountain and hold a retreat, a weekend retreat or a one-week retreat. And what did they do? The pastor gathered a small amount of Christians that were down in Banda Aceh, Indonesia. And they went up into the mountains. And when they went up, as many people for a retreat, they went up into the mountains. Guess what happened? That's when the tsunami occurred. 300,000 people dead. Not one of the believers died. Did you hear that? All the other people, different religions, and all the other people died. Not one of God's children died. So the Lord will tell his people what he's going to do. He knows what to do. His people were forewarned, and they're forearmed. So, the signs are coming. Verse 26, it says, Men's hearts will, minds of, will be fainting for fear, failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. By the way, you know, uh, the other day I talked about it. We were on the Space Coast. And I found out, I knew what was going on. Elon Musk was sending up Starlink, and he was blanketing the earth with satellites. But when I found out the amount of satellites that he is planning on sending up, and he's sending up satellites almost every week, 40,000 satellites, I said, oh, my God. Do you know what that means? And when I heard that, I said, this is not Elon Musk. This is the government. No one man who will be given that authority to send uh, all those satellites in space. No. No government is going to give a one man uh, that authority to do that kind of stuff. That's a government. They only do that to the, uh, throw you off the scent. It's not Elon Musk's stuff. It's the government stuff. 40,000 satellites. They're sending up these satellites to blanket the earth. So that when they get up there, and, when, and he's the same man that want to put a chip in your brain, put a neural link, a chip in your brain, so you can be controlled. Well, Elon Musk is not one of us. He's one of them. He's on the same satanic order. His wife, Miss Grimes, is a satanist. So if she is a satanist, that was that make, and she's a witch. What does that make him? It makes him a warlock or a wizard. All right? So here's the story. Jesus warned us. Men's heart will be fainting for fear and for the expectation of the things which are coming on the world. Powers of the heaven shall be shaken. Jesus wants us to be prepared for all these things when they happen. Not if they happen, when they happen. And the only thing we need to do is make sure you're prepared. So when they, these things begin to happen, you can say, bring it on. The Great Awakening, COVID Awakening, brought on people leaving their jobs, coming off of the little Ferris wheel, hmm? running like a little uh, hamster. They came off that little treadmill, and they're, once, they're saying, I want to live a life. I want a quality of life. I want to have a time to think, and many people, well, we, we, we haven't seen statistics that you're turning to, to the Lord because maybe the person's doing that. They didn't take the statistics or they didn't do interviews. But we know that people are turning because I read uh, an article that people are saying, you know, I want to find God. This is what they say. I want to find God. I want a little peace in my life. I want to find God. I want the things of God. And covid which caused the great awakening, the lockdown. People had to stop. No work, no anything. People were terrified. They had time to think. Now that they're thinking, Jesus is going to show them how to navigate and go through the darkness of this world. Many will be led to the Lord because the Lord is telling his people things. Many are marked and destined for salvation. And he's beginning to speak to them. Our young children, our boys and girls, they're going to come true. They're going to come out. They must come out. We're praying. We're fasting and saying, Lord, save them.
And he will. Jesus has given us the ability to endure all this until he returns. Because there must be a people who will be alive and remaining in him until he returns. We must endure all this through Bible Code 7. A defined strategy or a defined goal. Strategy of endurance until Jesus returns. Staying alive and remaining in Jesus until he comes. We're not going to budge one inch. Bring it on, baby. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. We're not budging. Nothing shall by any means touch us. All of your bluster, all of your speaking, we will live, we will not die. He'll kill you. Did you hear what I'm saying? I says before you can harm us, Jesus will kill you. He has done it before, and he will do it again. Jesus is a killer. We need to teach these things. The Bible says God is a man of war. He kills and he makes alive. That's who he is. And understand even now, your adversary shall die in your place because Jesus will not allow your adversaries to kill you. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, maybe the adversaries will kill you. But if you're doing what needs to be done to defend yourself, the Bible says, Nothing shall by any means hurt you. You've been given power to trample upon the serpents and upon the scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. But if you're not trampling, well, I pray that nothing harms you. But if you're not doing what he says, if you're not doing what he mandates, you're in trouble. You're in serious trouble. Because you're not going to make it true. So, I want you to know and understand that Bible Code 7 is the strategy, a defined strategy for a defined purpose. Bring you into that arena where you'll be blessed. Amen? You will be able to navigate all of what is coming, the darkness. The sewer won't touch you. The stench of the sewer, you won't even smell it. We're living in a stinking dark world right now. But the stench of that sewer, it's not going to fall on you. The darkness, mm-mm. Anywhere we go, there's a light of Jesus around us. We're going to shine our light. And if you call yourself a Christian and you ain't shining your light, you're in for some serious trouble. So I beg of you, make sure you sharpen up, brighten up. Learn Code 7 Warfare. Go to BibleCode7.com, BibleCode7.org. We have four published works. Any one of them will teach you the strategy, the defined strategy for a defined purpose, of a defined goal, how to set red lines around you, your home, your family, and the devil cannot touch you. The red line of the word of God, the devil cannot cross over. The devil must fear you and the word of the living God. You must not walk in fear of the devil. In Jesus' name, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord God make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Both now until he returns for us. Let's navigate all this darkness, the sewer, the pitfalls, all the traps that the enemy has set. Let's navigate all that. Endure until Jesus returns. We will be alive and we will be a remaining in him until that day. That's our assignment. What a glorious assignment is. I am excited, excited. I am awesomely, amazingly thrilled to know that Jesus has revealed this to me and I want you to be thrilled. I want you to be awesomely excited. You shall live. You shall not die. Nothing shall by any means harm you. And this is the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass. His words will not pass. Code 7 warfare. Catch you again next time, next week, Thursday. Have yourself a fabulous 
and victorious night. God bless you.